Ice with chill. Good morning. Oh, Siam and Estelaja Siam. How heaten sun it's not. Chakwalamisen. Haichka, haichka, haichka. What I said was, oh, my dear friends and relatives, my name is Hau Heaton. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me this morning, Tuesday, February 19th, 2019. Where the heck is February going, by the way? We're already, what, eight days, nine days away from the month ending? And up here in Lummi, we've been experiencing quite an interesting beginning to the year with the weather. Snow, windstorms, knocking out power lines, and starting fires over here, not even less than a mile away from my family home. There was a a wildfire started because the winds knocked down a power line. North of us here in Linden, Washington State, there was several lines that knocked down and because of the wind or because of the cold and actually burned down a few houses. What the heck is going on? It's snowing in Las Vegas. <laughs> snowing in Hawaii. Um, if there isn't such a thing as climate change, I'm going to have to you know, respectfully disagree with you. I think there's definitely something going on. I, I, I don't know if you guys had ever heard that story of the uh, some of the, the elders up in Alaska. They would go to this location where they would you know pray underneath the stars and they'd been doing this for hundreds of years, and this, and they would look up. They'd go to the same land location. They'd look up, and they would see the stars, and they would pray to their creator underneath those forms of stars, the, the way that was formed. And they, about two years ago, they looked up, and they noticed those stars were not there. And so it got them thinking, like, oh, man, maybe we don't have... Uh, you know, climate change, but maybe we have a shift in the globe. Maybe the earth has shifted and on its axis. And now when they look up, those stars are not there because the the earth has shifted. I thought that was pretty interesting. And, you know, maybe 10 years ago, the the weather that you were getting looked like uh, the way it used to be, but now it's different. Maybe Washington State is getting what maybe... Southern Alaska used to get, or maybe in Hawaii is getting a, a lot of what Western Alaskan uh, Alaska used to get. Interesting topic, I think that I, you know, I'm sure that there are probably scientists that are out there that are really doing what they can to kind of look at that and see is it true? Do we really have global shifting? I still believe in climate change. It's just one of those things where I think that if we just got to take a look around at our environment and say, man, what is happening? <laughs> and, you know, not be afraid of it. You know, you, as human beings, we adapt, right? Things happen in our atmosphere, in our environment, at work or at home. And as human beings, you either adapt or you die, right? I think Native Americans have long been a subject of adapting ever since pre-contact. <laughs> ever since we signed that treaty, Right. So today, yes, February 19th, 2019, I'm so excited to have several uh, different things on the show for you today. And again, I I have to thank you, all of you that have given me kind words that you've shared with me through instant message or text message, mostly. Nobody calls anybody anymore, which is interesting. Growing up, you know, 
I know a lot of our 20-year-olds are probably wondering what the heck is a landline phone <laughs> or what is a pay phone. But yeah, we we grew up that way, man. When that phone rang, man, somebody was really thinking about you and who who who's going to get the phone call? Is it you? Is it your sibling? You know, so we'd run to the phone, right? Right when the phone rang. And there were like three or four different landline phones in the house. So hopefully you got to the phone first, especially if you've got a prankster in your house who likes to like get to know whoever's calling you, right? And you're like, get off the phone. Like, no, get off the phone. No. (laughs) But nowadays we text. Yep. We love texting. I think that's just a really uh, convenient way of being able to send a message to somebody to say hello to say, well, how are you? I've been thinking about you. But there's nothing like the the voice, right? There's nothing like hearing somebody's tonality. And so, yeah, that's going to be a, a, a interesting way looking forward how we're going to be communicating. Is it still going to be by text? Maybe it's going to be telepathy. Maybe we're just going to like think about somebody and then they go, oh, yeah, they're, they're thinking about me right now. Oh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> It's it's kind of eerie because my mom and I have that same thing where I'll be thinking about her and she'll call me. How many of you experienced that with somebody? Yeah, it's interesting, huh? All right, our headline news for this morning, February 19th, 2019, 21919. The Mashpee Wapanoak tribe faces new obstacle in bid to protect homelands. This comes from Indians.com. The Mashpee Wapanoak tribe is facing a familiar foe as it seeks to prevent its reservation from being taken out of trust by the Trump administration. Opponents of the tribe's stalled casino are seeking to intervene in a lawsuit filed by the people of the First Light. The opponents also want the case moved to federal court in Massachusetts, where a judge already dealt a blow to the tribe by requiring the Bureau of Indian Affairs to take another look at its land into trust applications. Now, I'll remind you that every tribe, in order for you to be able to have it be recognized as a federal uh, government, you know, recognized as a tribe, you have to have that federal land to trust approved by the the federal government. Now, the tribe filed a lawsuit last September in federal court in Washington, D.C. after the BIA said the tribe could not follow the land into trust process because it wasn't under federal jurisdiction in 1934. The casino opponents had made that argument in the case of Massachusetts. The lawsuit is still in its early stages. The federal government's response to the complaint is finally due on Wednesday, which is tomorrow, following repeated extensions of deadlines. House Representative, uh, House Bill Number 312, the Mashapee Wapanoic Tribe Reservation Reaffirmation Act, would resolve the uncertainty by confirming that the tribe's lands remain in trust. A companion hasn't been introduced in the Senate amid opposition from the uh, Aquina Wapanoic Tribe, whose leaders are worried that their rights will be infringed by the current language in the bill. In other news, according to the New York Times, voters really don't care 
about Elizabeth Warren's handling of her Native American ancestry claims. Last week on the Heat podcast, we reported that the Democratic nominee, Elizabeth Warren, was in Washington, D.C. and attended a tribal luncheon where there was lots of Native American women there. She was there to introduce uh, the keynote speaker, and she apologized to tribal leaders about her Native American ancestry claims. Well, according to the New York Times, most voters don't really care about the fact that she said that she was Native American. A.J. McConnell, 70 years old, suspects he'll vote for Kamala Harris, the California senator for president. But he thinks the criticism over Ms. Warren's describing herself as Native American for years is unfair because he also had family members who also identified as Native Americans. Bobby Pate, 69 years old, arrived at a Warren rally in northern Georgia on Saturday, a little worried that Ms. Warren would mention the ancestry issue. Even acknowledging it would give credence to President Trump's racist attacks on Ms. Warren, said the the voter. Everybody makes mistakes, Pate said, of Ms. Warren's bumpy handling of her ancestry. He says, quote, but it's small potatoes compared to what Trump had done. In other news, the Intel, the technology corporation, is setting up an initiative to bring Navajo students into the mix. The initiative began as part of Intel's broader goal to achieve full representation of women and underrepresented minorities in its United States workforce by 2020, which the chip maker achieved last October, two years ahead of schedule. That means that the percentage of women and underrepresented minorities matches the talent. And combining tech skills with Navajo culture was one of the goals they had. Navajo culture is based around family and community and preserving that cultural identity. But Navajo culture and technology don't have to be mutually exclusive. The Intel Corporation connects with Navajo tribal leaders. Intel approached development strategy and launch of the program differently by partnering with other organizations, such as the American Indian Science and Education Society, or ACES, and aligning curriculum and strategy with the White House. CS4AII initiative in 2016. So congratulations there. And those are your headlines for today, February 19th, 2019. All right, I've got a new segment to my podcast called What the Heck Did I Just See? And what I'm going to do is take a look at the social media platforms I have, Twitter, Facebook. And as I scroll through my timelines, I want to be able to give you a gut reaction of what I just saw, answer any kind of meme question, meme, M-E-M-E. This is when people post a meme and it asks a question and give you my response. Our first meme comes from my friend David James III, Moon. He posts, does anyone still cook roast potatoes, onions, and carrots anymore? Now, I, I've got a slow cooker, uh, 
Unfortunately, I don't use it as much as I should. And I think I should do that. I think I will buy some roast and potatoes and onions. I can't really have the potatoes because I'm on the keto lifestyle and uh, that's got lots of carbs. So the other thought that I have about this meme is growing up, heck yeah, man, we had pot roast at least once a week at our family gatherings. My late grandmother, Teresa Hilaire Thomas, would be the one that would uh, definitely cook the, the pot roast and Oh man, uh, there's nothing like homemade pot roast, right? And the way that it tastes and the, you know, all the different seasonings on it. And then of course, tons of pepper on top of the carrots and potatoes and pot roast. Ah. The next one comes from my friend Fair Scott who says that on the meme, it says, uh, I think it's Tickle Me Elmo. And (laughs) which, by the way, by itself, that by Tickle Me Elmo by herself is funny. I've only got two or three coworkers who actually understand me. Everyone else just assumes I'm angry, sarcastic, or an (laughs) a-hole. My reaction to that is, yeah, that sometimes happens, you know, especially if you're, really focused and you're not really a people person. I've worked with several folks over my last uh, 20 years since I've been out of college who have been like that. They just kind of have a resting bee face. They they don't really, uh, aren't there for friends. They're just really there to get things done. So yeah, I think that's uh, definitely one that, uh, <laughs> it's funny because you, you, know, you want to work with that person, but sometimes they don't want to work with you like that. They don't want to get to know you. They just want to get their job done. The next meme comes from my friend Carlene Berg, who posts, money will always match your mindset. Ooh, that's deep. Money will always match your mindset. You take a look at your mindset. That's the basically the way that your mind is set up. If you are focused on your mind, on on money, your actions will respond to that focus. If you're focused on, say, eating, (laughs) tomorrow's show on the Heat podcast is Ms. Keto Mama, and we'll be talking about keto, and we're talking about the way that we we eat, the way that our emotions are set up, well... The way that we set up in our life is if you are set up and you're focused on doing something, it will match that. So good, good one. And our final meme of the day comes from my friend Renee Kinley Martin. How you doing, bro? She asked, name a place you wanted to visit all your life, but still haven't made it there yet. Florida. I've never been to Florida. And not only Florida, but, you know, south of Florida and some of the islands out there, like in Cuba. I really want to try going to that part of the country. I've been to New York. I've been to California. I've been to Minnesota. I haven't been to New Orleans yet. That'd be another, probably my second option. But anywhere, anywhere southeast is something that I'd like to try next. 
and uh, of course Europe. That is another place I really want to try going. And I've actually got some family that live in the uh, Great Britain area in England. You sounding like you're from England. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely the places I'd like to go next. All right, I am so happy and pleased to be able to bring on to the show Chris Stearns, who um, is a jack of all trades. And last week we were talking about sports betting and the fact that there were a few uh, things going on with that. We had the, a house bill that was basically presented in the Washington State Legislature. So I'd like to bring in Chris Stearns to talk a little bit more about that right now. All right, I'm joined here by Stearns, who is the on the uh, Washington State Gambling Commission, amongst other things. And uh, Chris, I want to kind of start way back in the when I first met you, probably about to what 14, 15 years ago in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You remember that? Yeah, that's really going turning back the way back machine. <laughs> The John Kerry for president race. <laughs> that was back when I was being chased by Doberman Pinchers uh, going door to door to house to house there in Navajo country. That's how we roll. <laughs> you got to earn our vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was fun times. Although we didn't uh, we didn't pull out a victory that year for uh, John Kerry. Uh, the whole thing was pretty fun. I got to. Uh, really get to know you and a, a bunch of other really uh, good friends of mine over the years and uh, I'm just really thankful to know you as a as a fellow uh, you know Native American man but uh, especially for all the work that you've done over the last you know since I've known you you know for like 14 years uh, you're an attorney I, I am been doing <laughs> that for a while um, and uh, yeah, I'm really really glad to you know, work in the field of uh, Indian law. It's one of the greatest things uh, that that's around. And then you've, you know, you kind of, I'm just kind of following your career a little bit. You know, you've been on the Seattle Indian Health Board and uh, the Seattle Human Rights Commission, uh, U.S. Department of Energy, uh, the House Committee on Natural Resources. I'm just reading everything off your uh, status on your Facebook page, but... Man, you've, you've done quite a bit over the last uh, decade or so. I mean, what do you think, uh, how do you feel about, you know, kind of uh, being a part of all these wonderful groups? Um, you know, it's just, just a real blessing. I mean, I feel like I'm so lucky and fortunate to have had the opportunity to, to do all those things. And, you, you know, you, you learn so much, you meet so many great people, and, you know, hopefully you can get some things done, get some accomplishments. And, um, I feel like with everything that you mentioned, you know, some some good, sometimes even a lot of good uh, came out of um, the, the work there. So I'm just real, real fortunate, real happy. Well, you've made kind of uh, some some print lately, good print, I think, and in, in all the work that you're doing with the Washington State Gambling Commission. And, you know, I've spent, uh, you know, 12, 14 years in gaming 
And, you know, it's uh, it's a, such an interesting animal, isn't it, gaming? Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, and, and gambling is like, you know, it's one of the oldest parts of our human existence. And it, it really is like holding up a mirror to us as, you know, however you want to slice it as a society, as a nation, as a state, as, as, as tribes even. Um, so it, it, it's very diverse. Um, and, and there are just so many different ways to approach it. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's been my experience uh, with the State Gambling Commission. Yeah, and the State Gambling Commission was founded in 1973 as one of the oldest national agencies in the country. Um, you guys are headquartered in Lacey, Washington State. And, uh, you know, it, can you kind of describe a little bit about, like, just in a, if you can, like, nail it down into, like, one or two sentences what is it that the State Gambling Commission is trying to do? Well, I mean, our, our mission is to keep gambling legal and to keep it honest. So, you know, we want to make sure that, that people who do um, choose to gamble in our state, that they have a, you know, a, 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 a positive, good experience and that, you know, they're not uh, being uh, taken advantage of, that, that the games are, are fair. And we also know that gambling is, uh, you know, it's a very money-intensive business. So, you know, that's it's just a natural, um, you know, area where, where crime tends to move into. And, and so we, you know, we work, we're a law enforcement agency, we're a criminal agency. And, you know, we work with the community, we work with the operators to keep crime out. That's, that's our mission. One of the things I really enjoy about uh, following your guys' work is... Uh, yeah, just on your website, it seems like you guys do a really good job being uh, transparent in the, the work that you're doing and kind of uh, letting the rest of us know about what tribes are doing, especially. Um, can you explain that transparency idea? Um, well, yeah, sure. We, we, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to be accountable. We, we hold it. We hold everyone else, you know, our licensees, you know, we hold a very high standard in terms of, you know, how difficult it is to get a license to, to, to operate gambling here in the state. And, and so that's, it's, it's just as fair that we're as, you know, we're as accountable to the people of Washington as, as we can be. So that's why we, we try to be as transparent as possible to let people know what's going on, you know, what, what are the things that are, you know, happening in the state that the, the public should know about. Um, and, you know, just, just to do as, as, as good a job as we can. Now, again, we're talking with Chris Stearns, who's, uh, amongst other things, sits on the Washington State Gambling Commission. And I'm wondering, Chris, if... Uh, are you the first Native American to sit on that gambling commission? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Um, you know, I, I think that the commission is, it, it's five members. Um, they're appointed by the governor. And, you know, the commission tries to be, you know, as reflective as it can of, you know, the, the major interests in the state. And, and obviously tribal gaming is, is, is a huge part of what goes on in our state. So that there, there has, the governors have appointed Native Americans in the past. I, I actually filled the seat of uh, Mike Reichert, who, who was uh, in, in my position before me. I see. And, you know, one of the things that I, you know, again, uh, I use the operations side of casinos. I've been on the regulatory side of casinos. And, and you know, again, this whole thing of gambling is just, it's, I don't think there's anything like it. And one of the things that I know that uh, the, the Gambling Commission, amongst uh, so many other federal and state agencies and tribes are looking at 
is uh, sports betting. And I know that uh, there was a hearing on Valentine's Day, I think, recently about a uh, public hearing about sports betting. Was that is that true? Yeah, it, it, it was Valentine's Day and then there was a hearing. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's uh, that's that's a hot topic um, across the entire United States. And so Washington is um, you know, they're, they're the state legislature. There are a couple bills and, you know, it's something that the legislature is considering. And, and we testified just uh, sort of giving the, a broad overview of what um, the, the one bill that, that was being heard at the time, which was for tribes, you know, what, what that would do. And, um, you know, maybe a little bit more information on how other states are, are handling sports betting. But it, it's certainly, um, it's it's the big thing right now in, in the gambling world and one of the biggest things na- nationwide in the state legislatures. Yeah, so I've been, you know, you know, you kind of brought up a few other states. You know, you've got New York that's looking at it. You got uh, Oregon, which is not too far from us. And then I guess Minnesota is starting to kind of heat up. Um, where do you see this going um, in our state? I know it's probably going to be a few years before we really get serious about this, but um, do you see this ha- actually happening in the state of Washington? Um, I, I think there's a there's a good chance that it, it will happen. Um, you know, we're, we, we, as you mentioned, we're bordered by Oregon. Oregon is um, rolling out, the state is rolling out a... Uh, sports betting um, product uh, this year, um, probably in time for the football season. Not totally clear what it will be, but it will certainly be available to residents of Oregon statewide um, on their mobile device. And of course, once you know the, the state allows something to happen, um, the, the tribes can jump in as well. So it'll be happening in Oregon, and I think that will probably put some pressure on our state to um, authorize it, it here as well but <coughs> sorry um you know I, I think there's also there does seem to be you know a significant level of, of tribal interest in it so i, I think that's that's also a, a key factor in how things will, will eventually turn out yeah it'll be interesting to see if tribes will want to fall into that line of of sports betting i mean i i mean looking at it from my point of view i would think that it would be a natural uh, next evolution in the gaming product at any any casino, whether it's at the you know uh, the tribal or the, the city, you know those little sports betting. Would this would this also fall in line with the the you know card rooms? Would they be allowed to have it as well? You think? Um, I mean that that's really you know I, I think the million dollar question for the legislature to answer. I mean it it, it really kind of focuses what 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 is sports betting going to do for you know for the state what's it going to do for the tribal operators what's it going to do for the consumers and um not not everything lines up i if you look at the um bill that that got the hearing that bill would uh, only authorize sports betting at um, tribal casinos and uh that's uh, you know, so I, I think that's probably why there is some support from from the tribes for it. I, I don't think I've, I've really heard of too much opposition, but you know, so far it's, it's, the bill has only been introduced in the House. Um, and as you probably are aware of, in, in Washington, it's it's by design. It's supposed to be hard to 
um, add new forms of gambling. So in Washington, the legislature has to vote by a 60% margin to approve um, new forms of gambling. So it, it's going to be, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I, I would be surprised if something happened this year. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just naturally going to be hard to add gambling. And, and not everyone is convinced that it, it should just be the tribes. Um, the, the card rooms, yes, they, they do want in. The horse racing interests have testified that they should be included. And that is the other bill. The other bill that's out there um, would also include um, the, the horse racing industry. I see. Yeah, and I, I know that the tribes are always trying to protect their own interests, as they should, um, like any, any other uh, group would want to do. Uh, switching gears a little bit, you know, I know that um, one of the bigger sort of animals that you guys are trying to corral <laughs> is the online gaming, not the sports betting, or, but it's the video games that are being done online. And uh, you gave like a really great presentation, I don't know how many, about a year and a half ago or two years ago now when I saw, saw that presentation about what's happening all around the world with online gaming. Explain just a little bit about that. Um, sure. We, so, so back then, uh, you know, we were we were approached as, as the commission um, by really is concerned parents, um, and they were concerned that their their children, um, most of them, I think, were, were were teenagers, but some were younger. You know, we're, we're using their credit cards to um, buy and sell uh, components of video games and software. They were called skins. And, and, and there's really just a, a design for an object in a game. So, you know, often it, it is kind of like a skin. It's, it's a, a character's uh, costume. But, but in this particular case, the, the game was Counter-Strike Global Offensive, and the skins were actually the wrappings for the machine guns or for the knives that were used. And, and they, you know, depending on how rare they were, or how cool they looked, et cetera, um, you know, they, they, they acquired a certain value. And they, they, the value change fluctuates over time. But in, in most games, you, you know, you, you can buy things to, you know, decorate your character, um, that kind of stuff. But you can't do anything with it. You know, you just buy it and it just sits there. Um, mm-hmm. With this game, the publisher of the game, Valve, which is based mm-hmm. here in Washington, they um, had their platform designed so it would be possible to move your skin to a different website and so that created a market and then that and that secondary market there Mm. were websites where you could offload your skin and you could gamble and you could you know play uh, a lottery style game where you you know you were trying to win everyone else's skins you could play rock paper scissors you could play roulette wheels however you did it and then your goal would be when you offloaded your skin you would then um, have a chance to win other people's <coughs> and so you might win a very valuable skin and again that's you know that, that, that's uh-huh. not great but <clears throat> the, the real problem was there were there were additional websites where you could then sell your skins and so if you won skins gambling you you could then sell them and, and, and so to us that that was okay there you have it that's that's gambling and um uh, you know, and it was something that that appealed to um, people who were under the age of 18, as well as adults, too. So that, that was really, you know, our focus was how can we stop that? 
uh, we, we do feel like that's not just an, an unauthorized gambling, but it's also consumer protection. And uh, we, 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 we unsuccessfully, you know, brought, tried to bring some actions. And uh, ultimately, you know, we, we did send Valve a cease and desist letter. Um, it, it took a few years, but they actually did change the way their software platform works. So it makes it much more difficult to offload skins and gamble with them. But it was it was a huge, you know, multi-million dollar um, illegal offshore industry. And, uh, you know, even though that wasn't something that, that Valve operated itself, it was something that was just part of the ecosystem that they created. And, and that's, you know, that, that was a particular moment of time. There were new things coming along, new ways to wager online. And that, you know, to be honest with you, that's, that's just the future. That's technology. That's the 21st century. Um, so, you know, things will change, but the nature of human beings to gamble is going to always be there. And so we're just trying to, you know, be in the best position to um, you know, make sure that something is legal if it's offered in our state and that it's that it's it's fair and that it doesn't uh, target uh, people who cannot gamble like like children right and a lot of this is tied of course to the indian gaming regulatory act and um, you know, various compacts that the state and the tribes have. The compacts are basically agreements between the two uh, governments. And so, you know, a lot of a lot of my listeners are kind of like, okay, yeah. what does this all really mean? Well, how, does, well, how, certainly, do we, how do we get here? Right, yeah. I mean, and, and one, so, one thing that's that you know, really I just try clear to break is it that down. gambling on the internet is illegal in Washington. In fact, we're the only state in, in which it's actually a felony right. to uh, gamble on the internet. So, um, you know, that, that mm. is actually going back to sports betting. That is, you know, a really interesting part of what the legislature is, is wrestling with is um, if they do allow sports betting. Sports betting around the world is, is done, you know, primarily over the Internet. Um, it, it just uh, it allows people to place bets when they want to. Um, and, and also when, when bets, when wages are being offered on, you know, say in mm-hmm. the middle of the game, you know, will so-and-so score so many points in the third quarter, um, it allows people to make wages far more quickly than they would if they had to wait in line and maybe that, that wager opportunity is gone. So uh, states around the country are, you know, they're, they're moving towards mobile and online because that's just what the rest of the world does. Um, but in Washington, it's not that easy because online betting is illegal here. And the tribal sports betting bill takes a stab at that by creating a loophole, an exception that would allow tribes to offer online and mobile, you know, internet-based sports wagering just in the, the tribal casinos. Um, so you, you couldn't wager in downtown Seattle or Spokane or on a reservation. You'd actually have to go to the casino if that bill became law. So it's sort of a split the difference kind of approach. But it, it, it is big. And, you know, I, I think there are definitely people in the legislature who are worried that, you know what, if we create an exception for this, then what's the next exception? So, um, again, that's just, you know, it's the nature of gambling. Different states have different approaches and different, you know, you know, people in, in, in the states have mixed feelings about how things will eventually happen. 
Yeah, when we're talking about different states, I think we're also uh, talking about the different values of each state, right? I mean, you look at like the state of California, I'm not saying that they've got better uh, values than Washington, but they're just different. And so, or even Oregon or some of the other tribes that are kind of, or uh, states that are actually moving um, a little bit more progressively and quicker and allowing these kinds of things like gambling online uh, did, is that is that true? Do you think that the state of Washington is uh, um, got it, maybe more yes and no. than I, other it, states it, in it, general? Our our history as a state, um, our, our gambling laws were totally rewritten in the early seventies because there were public corruption scandals. And, and you know, if you look at the gambling language in the Constitution and the statutes, you know that it's, there's there's this inherent theme that gambling really is not great it's not good but if it's going to be allowed you know it's kind of like cigarettes it's a vice but it has to be thoroughly regulated um there are other states where you know gambling seen as you know great you know that nevada it's the economy you know in new jersey it is part of the economy it is something that they want to promote so yes different states have totally different approaches Washington has historically had a very conservative approach to gambling. And then, yeah, that's mentioned, you know, that was reflected in the 60% rule that we have for creating new forms. Um, and it's reflected in how the state approaches tribal compacts. Uh, you know, the state will only compact for um, forms of gambling that are allowed, expressly allowed by law. And uh, they, they, they won't compact. That's why we have tribal lottery system games, not slots. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. Well, great. I, I want to just kind of wrap this up. And uh, first of all, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. And when, uh, you know, basically when any kind of uh, regulatory thing that pops up, I want to reach out to you and just kind of ask. I, you, I, I'd love to. I really would. And, and thank you for the honor of inviting me on here. Out? You do such such great work, Aaron, and, and you know, looking out for 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 the community and, and helping educate people and shining a spotlight on, on things that not you know everything that, that people don't always pay attention to. Um, you do a great job at that. So yeah, I'd be honored to come back. Okay, and I got one more final question for you. Uh, you know what? They're they're going to do really well. I I think um, you know. Who, who knows if Nick Foles will be back? I, I hope he will be. Um, Carson Wentz, though, he'll be back with a vengeance. And, and I, I think the Eagles are going to once again uh, at least win the <laughs> NFC East and uh, make it to the uh, Super Bowl again. Hi, Shka. Chris Stearns. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to remind anybody that is interested tomorrow, we will be having Ms. Keto Mama on the, the podcast. For those of you that are interested in the keto lifestyle and understanding, even if you've never done it before, or maybe even if you are an experienced keto person, I think it's just a great opportunity to not only listen about keto, but about our emotions and how that drives the way we eat and and and, and to t- totally get out of our victim mentality and to take life into our own control and life into our own hands. So we'll be sitting down with Miss Keto Mama tomorrow uh, in uh, tomorrow's podcast for February 20th. Wherever you're at, God bless you. Remember, if you have kiddos, please make sure you hug them a little bit tighter tonight 
and uh, make sure that you remember that you're worth it, that you're amazing, that you're unique. And uh, just really appreciate you all for taking the time to listen to the podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, Scott.